and welcome once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. At the end of the 19th century, around 100,000 Stampeders spent the average equivalent of $27,000 each to strike it rich along the Klondike River in Canada. Very few saw any return on that investment. Lead teacher Jeff Norris continues the series, Fear Not, Trusting Christ in the Midst of Crisis, with the first part of this sermon entitled, Jesus is Our Treasure, which covers Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, and Luke chapter 12, verses 32 to 34. For more information and to watch or hear other messages, please visit our website at perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today. I prayed it, but I certainly feel it, and I think you probably feel it too. 2020 has not been fun. (laughs) And um, God's at work. God's at work in all of this. In COVID, and not to mention the, the myriad of ways that pain and loss has continued to come into the reality of, of our lives for many of us that have nothing to do with what we see on the news all the time with COVID and, and other things. And we're seeing in fresh ways that life in this fallen, broken world is hard. And we're seeing in fresh ways how fear and anxiety and trepidation can just grip us. And so it's so so appropriate that we've been in the series that we've been in to to fight as well as we can, to lock arms together as, as well as we can, to help each other define truth and find hope in the only one who is truth and hope, and that's Jesus himself. To, to be able to come around one another as people of God and to, to proclaim to one another, hey, we do not have to fear for we know who the victor is. We know who our king is. And he promised us, he told us that in this fallen world, there will be tribulation. We will suffer. There will be hardship. In fact, most of this life, the scriptures tell us, It's hard. We are aliens and strangers and exiles. This is not our home. And so what do we do? We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, which means he is the one who is ruling and reigning over all things and not one thing has slipped through the sovereign hand of our King. And so we take hope. We sink our feet deep into the rock of Christ. And as we do that more and more, as we said in the first week, our irrational fears begin to diminish and our rational ones begin to be reoriented in the presence of Jesus. So that's what this series is all about, and that's what we want to continue in this morning. And let me just go ahead and say, because I spent a longer amount of time in our family moment, it's going to be pretty unlikely that I'm going to finish this sermon uh, that I have planned for us this morning in, in the time that I want to honor together this morning, honor our time together. So uh, I'll likely stop at some point and it'll feel abrupt, but just know I'm just going to break this into two parts and we'll come back next week and we'll get part two of focusing in on Jesus 
is our treasure. Why do we not fear? What is one of the reasons why we don't fear? We've talked so far about how uh, we don't fear because Jesus is our sustainer. We don't fear because uh, Jesus uh, is, is the one who is life. Uh, we don't fear because he's our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. And today we don't fear because he is the treasure, the one in whom our, our longest, our, our, our deepest longings are satisfied. He's the treasure in whom we seek. As I think back on that, you know, I think, I always think you've heard me, I, I use so many illustrations with movies, but particularly movies from my childhood. I mean, there's so much nostalgia there. One of my favorite movies growing up was this movie called The Goonies that um, uh, I probably watched maybe 50 times. I watched it over and over and over again as a kid. And one of the reasons I watched it is because it's, it, it just pulled at the heartstrings of any kid of the 80s, but not just the 80s, any kid. What, what do you want as a kid? You, you want to find treasure. I used to walk through the, the, uh, the woods of Woodland Hills, the, the neighborhood I grew up in. And my buddies and I would go through these woods and we would pretend like we were looking for treasure. There's no treasure in Woodland Hills small town Alabama, but in our imaginations, we were the Goonies. We were looking for treasure. The story is about this, this ragtag group of, of boys in Astoria, Oregon, who uh, this development company has told them that their neighborhood and the houses that they live in are gonna be torn down to build a country club. And they've heard about this legendary treasure that's somewhere buried around the beaches near Astoria and Cannon Beach there in Oregon that pirates put there years ago. And so they say, what if it's true? And so they go looking for it and they go through all these tunnels and booby traps and different things. And they end up finding the long lost treasure of the infamous pirate One-Eyed Willie. And every young boy says, yes, that's what I want. I want that adventure. I want that friendship, that camaraderie where we do something great together. And the end of it is a treasure that rescues us from all of our troubles. And so they, they're able to take back these rubies. Sorry, I'm totally giving you the movie, but you should have watched it by now. So they, they take back these rubies and these jewels and they present them to these developers and they say, take this. You can't, we're going to pay off this deed and you can't build on our land anymore. And they save their homes and they save their neighborhood and their friendship. And they get to live together for however many more years before they go off to their next phase in life. You know what I've thought about as I've gotten older though, is that's not a boyhood dream. We still have the same longings of the heart. The, the difference is simply we We've matured socially and those same longings are there. They're just now presented in socially acceptable ways. But we still long for hope, to find something that will rescue us from all of our troubles. We still long for friendship that is so deeply bonded in common experiences together and walking through hardship together that no adversity will pull us apart. We still long for adventure, something that's gonna breathe life into us in a way that we say, yes, that's the adrenaline rush that I've been looking for. Most of all, we still long for treasure. Something that when we find it has such intrinsic value that we seek searching, that we rest, 
because we found something that is so valuable. It meets our every need. Main idea for this sermon that I want you to sit in is as worldly treasures come and go, there is an unworldly treasure that exists whose riches are endless and in whom are found pleasures forevermore. I love the language of Psalm 1611 that says this, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love the language too of Psalm 73, where Asaph, the one who wrote that Psalm says, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on this earth that I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In other words, you are my treasure. Even if everything else in this world falls apart, even if my heart fails, you are my portion. Here's the simple truth of this sermon. I can't say it any clearer than this. The treasure that we long for is Jesus and his kingdom. That's it. He's the treasure and his kingdom is the treasure. He's the one for whom we are created and his kingdom is the place in which we are created to live. And his kingdom resides within the hearts now of those who follow him, but one day his kingdom will be in full. It'll be a reality that we see, not just taste of now. But he is the treasure. Listen to these verses. First from Matthew 13, verse 44. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then let me read to you Luke 12, Jesus teaching again. In verse 32, I read verse 32 last week as it pertained to Jesus as our shepherd, but I want to read the whole section around it. It says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Next week, as we come back to this, I'm going to break down Luke 12, 33 through 34, 32 through 34 there more and explain a little bit about what does that mean? Does that mean that we're all, every single believer and follower of Jesus is to sell our possessions? The quick answer I'll give you now is no, but it does mean what's going on in our heart at the treasure level where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But let's go back to Matthew 13 real quickly. Verse 44. Jesus tells this quick little parable, this quick little story about a man who finds this treasure in a field. And, and upon discovering this treasure, it's of such value. It's of, of such immense worth that he immediately, and don't miss these three words, the, perhaps the most key words in the entire verse, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has so that he can buy this field. And I've heard some pastors teach this verse and say that we are the treasure. 
that Jesus has found us and that we are of such value that he would come and give his life for us, although that's good and that makes us feel good, and yes, he did give his life for us, we're not the treasure. We're made in the image of the treasure. He is the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. He is the one of endless worth and value. He is the one in whom when we find him, when he sets his gaze upon us and we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of the presence of the treasure of all the universe, we in our joy sell all that we have so that we can, quote unquote, possess him and his kingdom and his ways and his heart and his mind and his new way of life and this rebirth and this renewal, this redemption that he brings us into. That's the treasure. And it changes everything about us. Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So I'm going to give you one point today, and then we're going to stop, and you're going to feel like, you left me hanging. This is incomplete. Yes, I, yes, I will, and yes, it is. And we'll come back next week, and we'll finish this sermon out. But here's the first point I want to give you this morning. There are false treasures out there. Remember, I told you the main idea was in a world filled with treasures, Worldly treasures, there is an unworldly treasure of greater value, but the world presents to us treasures. All these things that are put before us that seem to be of such great value, but they are just completely false. They're untrue. They lie. They're not treasures at all. There's nothing valuable about them. These are fake treasures to resist and to reject. We have to resist them. We have to see what they are. These are the things in life that appear to be something of great and satisfying value, but in the end only suck us dry and slowly destroy us. You know, one phrase you can think of is diminishing returns. The more we invest in them, the more that they take away from us. They're salt water. The more we drink of them, the more thirsty they make us. These are not good things. These are inherently sinful things that we have mistaken as treasures. This is sexual sin. I've grieved and I've prayed during this time. I've grieved over the reality that I know that there are probably many who have more time on their hands than they would have originally. And we know that one of the greatest culprits that leads us into sexual sin is unbusyness. More time on our hands. To where we begin to believe the false narrative that this will bring me life, that this will give me what my heart most longs long for. And so we'll go into this quote unquote treasure and we will receive increasingly diminishing returns from it. And we find ourselves serving at the footstool of pornography, of obsessive lustful thoughts, of inappropriate relationships, Because we've believed the lie, the the false treasure that this is going to give me what what my heart longs for. This is relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends even, husbands, wives, any relationship that we put into a place that says this person is going to define me. 
This person is gonna determine for me my identity. This person, I'm gonna put so much value into this person that they are going to complete me. And no person ever completes us. No person ever defines us. No relationship should ever be placed at such high value that we find our worth in them because we find our worth in him. This is substance abuse. This is all kinds of things that are inherently used by the evil one that are not good at any level, but that we in our fallen nature have begun to believe that there's something to be treasured in these things. I'll leave you with this illustration. Years ago, I heard, years ago, I heard someone describe these things as chocolate-covered dog food. Maybe we ramp it up a little bit and say chocolate-covered dirt. Or maybe a little bit more, I like to say chocolate-covered manure. Sorry. But this ball of what appears to be chocolate, if you're a chocolate lover, if you're not a chocolate lover, then cover it in whatever you want for the illustration. But it looks to be something that tastes so good that I long for. And perhaps even our first bite or two is nothing but chocolate. And we say, yes, this is it. But the deeper we partake and the more that we eat, the more we realize this is not at all what I thought it was. But we keep reminding ourselves of that first bite. For whatever reason, we can't put it down, even though we know that it's killing us because it's a false treasure. It will not give us what we desire. For the sake of time, I'm gonna stop there. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of a nugget of where we're headed next week because that was a downer to end on. Are you sitting there this morning at home? Are you sitting here, the few of us that are here this, this morning in the sanctuary? Are you realizing that there has been a lot of invested energy and hope and trust placed into a false treasure? The end of the story and where we'll end next week in a, and I think in a powerful way is that there's a better treasure out there. And this treasure, Jesus, he's not just out there. He's, he's here. He's available to us through what he accomplished on our behalf. Through his perfect life, through his death upon a cross, taking the wrath of sin in our place. All those false treasures were placed on him. He owned the penalty of those, those things, those sins. And then he defeated death in our place. He rose from the dead. And this newness of life, this treasure that we so long for is only found in Jesus. And when we invest our lives in him and his kingdom, it's not diminishing returns. It's accruing glory and meaning and purpose and value and dignity as followers of Christ. That's where we'll be going next week. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this time together and for your grace and your goodness in our lives that teaches us through the truth and the power of your word. God, we ask that this morning 
you would take us wherever our hearts are, however resistant we are to you or however non-resistant to you, wherever we are, Lord, would you speak to us exactly in the place that we need. That our eyes may be open to the value, to the worth of you, O Jesus. And Father, may we repent. May we declare to you the false treasures that we've been investing in. And would we put those before you and say, oh God, would you forgive me? And would you change me? And would you set the gaze of the eyes of my heart on Jesus? And oh Christ, would you fill our every longing as the treasure that you are? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day. Thank you.